I just remember looking at my bank account and seeing that my bonus was now $10,000. And I think it was over the course of a couple months that I had just had, including my new salary, I had just bled through this bonus that I had. And I saw that that pace was really unsustainable. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. Welcome to 2019. We have the perfect episode to get us all on track to be better financial grown ups in the new year. Our guest is Ashley Feinstein Gersley, also known as the Fiscal Femme. She just came out with her first book, The 30 Day Money Cleanse Take Control of Your Finances, Manage Your Spending, and De Stress Your Money for Good. My favorite part is that she makes sure to include stress because paying attention to your money can be stressful. If you are new, welcome, welcome, welcome. And of course, welcome back to our regulars. We keep the episodes here short, but of course, feel free to binge if you have a little extra time. We have a great library of money stories and tips from high achievers like Ashley. So if you have the time, enjoy a few. And don't forget to subscribe, automate your podcasts, like you automate your bills, your money, all systems are all good. And to Ashley now. So Ashley and I met through our mutual friend and fellow financial grown-up, Lauren Smith Brody, author of The Fifth Trimester. Strongly encourage all of you to check out her episode of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast. And like Lauren, Ashley is all about balance and making sure that if there is one thing that your money buys you, it is having a life. Workaholics, we're coming for you. Here is Ashley Feinstein Kersley. Hey, Ashley Feinstein, Kersley, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Congratulations on your new book coming out in the new year for 2019, The 30-Day Money Cleanse, Take Control of Your Finances, Manage Your Spending, and De-Stress Your Money for Good. I think we all need that in the new year. (laughs) That is exactly why I wrote it. I needed it myself. (laughs) It's a very welcoming book. It's got a very healthy looking, but also it looks like it's going to taste good too. Green shake. And I'm very skeptical of the green juice thing. I know they're supposed to be good for you, but they usually taste really bad. This one looks like it's going to taste really good. It has a creamy green look. (laughs) It has a creamy green look and a very pretty blue stir with a dollar sign. So good job to the graphics team. Thank you. You started out as an investment banker making very nice money. You got a, you were burning out though. Let's just be real. This was not an easy job. You held on for the big bonus. Tell us your money story. Yes. So I studied finance in college, then went on to be an investment banker Great experience, learned a ton, but I was burning out, working really long hours, not any time for my life or friends, family, health. So, and I went in knowing that I would quit and after my second year, go through my two year program and move on. For people that don't know how that works, how does that work? So, typically, you get a bonus each year. When people leave, they leave after their bonus because they work so hard during the year and it's a large portion of their compensation. Like what percentage, just so people people may not be familiar with this world? Yeah, it depends on the year and it depends on your performance and how far 
sometimes some people in your class can get 100% of their salary as their bonus, and then others get zero or 10%. So it really varies. And it can be a very, it's very stressful waiting to find that number because it can make such a big difference in your life. And you've given so much and have no idea what you're going to get. All right. So you get your bonus, which was how much and how old were you? I was 25. And it was $70,000. Which is huge. But then the tax man does come, to be fair. Yes. And it ends up being more like 35000 when it gets to your bank account. Okay. So now you've downsized. You're going to have a job in finance that's less stressful but less money. But you finally have time for your friends and family and to do all the stuff you weren't doing because you were working. Yes. I was so excited. So I moved to a corporate finance job where I had a, a nine to six schedule. So every day I got out at six when before I would say on average, it was 10 to midnight. And you just, the hard part was not knowing you couldn't make plans. So it was so fun to know, oh, I can make dinner plans. I can make drink plans. I can sign up for a French class and sign up for a workout class. So I kind of went overboard and made plans every single night, making up for lost time with my friends and family. And what was going on with the money at this point? Because you did take a salary cut, correct? Yes. And there was definitely the bonus was a huge cut at the end of the year, too. So it's not like I could spend more than I made and make up for it. And, and I hadn't really had to think about my finances at all because I had so little time to spend my money that when I did spend, it really didn't matter because I was making a great salary and didn't have time to spend it. So this was a very this was a new territory for me. So what was the moment when you realized things were going awry and had to make a change? What was happening? (laughs) What was happening? So all of these plans, and I just remember looking at my bank account and seeing that my bonus was now $10,000. So, And I think it was over the course of a couple months that I had just had, including my new salary, had just bled through this bonus that I had. And I saw that that pace was really unsustainable. So then what happened? So what happened, I thought about it. Okay, what are my options? I can go back to my investment banking job because that worked for me financially. And you would earn more. Yes, I would earn more. I would get those big bonuses. I wouldn't have time to spend it. So it would be no money problems there. But I didn't want to. I loved this new lifestyle. I loved walking outside when it was sunny out and doing things and volunteering and all of those great things. So I decided I had to figure it out and become a financial grown-up. So what did you actually do? What changed? Yes. So I, like any type A person, I bought a bunch of books and started just devouring articles. One of the ones that I remember making a big difference for me was Smart Women Finish Rich by David Bach. Ramit Sethi, I read, I Will Teach You to Be Rich. And that was really helpful when I was getting started with investing. Some of the things I did sound so simple. Writing down what I spent actually spending time at all looking at my money. And I found one of the things I found was that a lot of my everyday expenses were adding up to a ton over the course of a month or a year. And they weren't even that important to me. So a lot of my spending was just on automatic. It's what other people did. It was out of habit. And it wasn't even bringing me joy. For example, shopping. I felt like shopping was something that I should love to do. People seemed to like it, walking around stores, and I didn't enjoy it. And things I didn't even need became things that I had to have once I walked around the store. So what is the lesson for our listeners? 
when I became a financial grown up, when I looked at what I was spending and aligned it with what was most important to me, I was able to save a lot more money and feel like my lifestyle was getting bigger. I was getting a $4.30 latte every day, and now I know it's a lot more money. The prices have gone up. But when I saw that that was over $1,600 annually, I realigned that or reallocated that towards something that was more important. So I decided I want to take a trip. And it was something that I thought I couldn't do at the time. But when I that amount of money could just move over to something that made me happier. So that's one example a big repercussion of not talking about money with our friends and family is that they can't support us in our goals. One of my best friends didn't know that this was something that I was doing and I was trying to save money and reallocate my money with my values. They might encourage me to do things that sabotage my goals. And so brainstorming with friends, okay, maybe we're getting, we're going to dinner every week. What do we value about this time? Is it the time together? Is it trying new foods? Is it going to a cool new place? And then honoring those things that are most important and then letting go of the things that aren't about it. And that might mean, you know what, we want to drink really good wine and this is me. So I'd rather eat at home and not have to pay the markup and drink nicer wine. So creative ways that look different for each of us to honor what's most important to us about an experience. Let's do your everyday money tip because I like this because this also has to do with kind of a celebration. Yes, making money fun and more of a game. So one of my favorite money tips is to have money parties because what often happens is we don't dedicate our time to our money or show our money any love and our money to do's or checking in on our expenses or finally rolling over that 401k kind of hang over our head and stress us out. If we don't create time, we're never going to have time to do it. So I recommend having a bi-weekly or even monthly time in the calendar to check in and do all of those financial to-dos and make it fun. I call it a party for a reason. So we want to incorporate things that will make it fun for us, whether that's having our favorite beverage, putting on music, getting cozy in PJs trying things out, seeing what works. And of course, if it's not fun, try something else. And then rewarding ourselves when we actually have our money party by going out with friends. So if you have a money party with your friends, all go out together after. If you're having a money party with your partner, making it part of date night and either having <laughs> one of my clients has a nice steak after their money party or ice cream during their money party to make it more fun. Whatever works. And that brings us to talking more about your book, because one of the many things I like about it is the inspiring quotes that you have. For example, too many people spend, this is a classic quote, everyone quotes this, but it never gets old. Too many people spend money they earned to buy things they don't want to impress people that they don't like. And it sounds like you really got away from that when you had this sort of change. You're going back to your money story. I mean, this really all comes together in your book. Yes. It's so ironic, right? That we would, I think the, so often we're quote unquote, treating ourselves at the expense of what we actually want, which. Right. We're told we should love, for example, a day at the spa, but maybe we don't, maybe we'd rather go to, I don't know, on a trip, like you said, it's just to some adventure. Maybe we don't want to just sit on the beach during vacation. Whatever it is, we we have these ideas put forth by our friends and frankly, by businesses that push us to do things we may not really actually want to do. 
right? And that's a whole other topic is, for example, in my shopping example, if we're in a store walking around, we're just giving companies the chance to sell us things that we didn't even know we needed. (laughs) What are your three grown-up money tips for the new year from this book that people can follow? Money tips for the new year. One of the biggest New Year's mistakes, and I think this is financial goals or otherwise, is that we give up as soon as we're not perfect. So I think understanding and getting okay with having mistakes or bumps in the road in our journey is really important because one of the trickiest, sneakiest ways that we cheat ourselves is giving up as soon as we're not perfect. And that's really where the learning is. So I would say definitely set up those goals with that in mind. Another tip write it down like I did. It sounds so simple, but magical things happen when we become aware. Yes. I just told this to a friend last night who emailed me and she said she's feeling overwhelmed by her money. She has, for example, retirement accounts in different places, but she doesn't know where. I said, just write everything down. Go through your papers, write down what you have, and you'll feel better just just knowing it, just Mm -hmm. knowing the numbers, whatever they are. Definitely. And then another thing I think is helpful and was helpful for me in my money journey was just looking at numbers annually. So once you write them down, what does that cost annually? Because sometimes the little expenses seem, and I hear it a lot, oh, I can't afford to go on a vacation. I really want to. But your latte example is kind of on it. I mean, that that makes sense because that was your vacation money. And lunch is another big one. Spending $15 a day on lunch adds up to thousands of dollars a year. All right. Tell us where people can learn more about you and the 30-Day Money Cleanse. On my website, thefiscalfem.com, F-I-S-C-A-L-F-E-M-M-E.com. And on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at The Fiscal Fem. Awesome. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Love that last bit about spending just because you're in the store. You know we've all done that. Financial grown-up tip number one, if you spent money you regret over the holidays, try to return stuff. If you can't get the money back, get a store credit, and if possible, use it right away on something you do want. If you keep it, create a system so you don't lose it. Nothing is more heartbreaking than finding an expired gift card. Been there. By the way, if you do find an expired gift card, still go to the store and ask if they're going to honor it anyway. Very often they will because, first of all, it creates goodwill. It makes you feel good as a customer and like them. And also, if you do spend it, you're going to be going back into the store or back online to their website, and you're going to reestablish the habit of shopping at the store. And odds are, you're probably going to spend more than what is on that gift card. Financial grown-up tip number two. To a latte assessment. Ashley talked about lattes and lunches, and we all don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't. But if we're being honest, we do it too much. So for example, if you have the Starbucks app, just pull up how much you spent there in 2018 and be aware, and then make the decision that is best for you. I definitely spent too much. Thank you all for your support. We are moving into our second year and more than ever, hearing from you really matters. Please leave a review, DM us feedback on the show, whatever works for you. I am at BobbyRebel1 on Instagram, on Twitter at BobbyRebel, and our email is hello at financialgrownup.com. And of course, thanks to Ashley Feinstein-Gersley for getting us all one step closer to being financial grownups.
Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.